sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Get this message out here. I'm doing what I love to help a community out. Like, you know what I mean? What is the next step? What's the one thing I can do today? That's gonna get us one. So, I mean, I don't know what's what's in the future. Art is the only way you can reach out to the future. It is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule. And I think that if the DIY scene as a whole put more of a value on itself, it could be a lot more sustainable. Now, if someone doesn't like it, that's their deal. Looking good, feeling great. I'm just gonna cut right in. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes, and this is my podcast. If you're new to the show, thanks. I forgot my intro. Fuck it. How are we doing today? We're doing well. I'm well. sitting here. I'm not even going to do the rest of the intro. I've just been really uh, loose lately. It doesn't matter. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, feel free to make yourselves at home. There's beer and soda in the fridge, but it's like 2 o'clock on a Sunday. I'm drinking a water. My no, guest is no. Drinking it's a Saturday night. Saturday night. We're we going, can see everything in front of us. The club wild. is hopping. We're going wild. There's blow everywhere. It's nuts. Hookers and blow <laughs> everywhere we look. It's not Sunday morning after hookers and blow. No, it's this is, this is how it happens. Yes. Every site. <laughs> hookers and blow. So I am sitting here today with a mysterious guest. You don't know who I'm talking to unless you read the title. Why don't you introduce yourself for people who have no idea who you are? Uh, I am Michael T. Nolan. I would be the founder and leader because no one else is here to dispute me um <laughs> of the band venus and furs uh we've got a couple records under our belt we got a new record coming out uh what's the date march first uh <laughs> records called green in the time-honored tradition of i couldn't come up with another series of names so the last three records have been red blue and green we are primary Fair enough. Yes. That works Sound, for me. Sounds good. And what type of music is Venus and Furs? Um, electronic and and rock fused. Very, for lack of a better way to describe it, very Rob Zombie, very Nine Inch Nails, very much like a, uh, let's think. Dark if electronic you, if rock. You, if you had a cartoon, okay, we would be that cartoon. <laughs> and the music behind it. That would be, we're, we're, I do my best to be ridiculous, larger than life. There's dancing girls on the stage. There's my ugly idiot ass in a, in a cowboy hat. I mean, really, <laughs> what more do you need? Uh, but yeah, that's basically what we do. I, I, a lot of electronics things. I mean, I try to fuse everything that's in my head, and it ends up coming out onto the record. So there's hip hop in my brain. So that ends up there. There's Black Sabbath in my brain. So that ends up on top of a hip hop beat and, and everything else that goes on between. Craft work in the middle of it all. Why not? Yeah, fuck it. I think that that's the best way to do music is to just be genuine and put yourself out there. And if you happen to be kind of a weirdo, fuck it. Deal with it. It's make people reckon with the fact that you're a weirdo and you want to make some weird music. That is the truth. Well, I mean, you you as as, as an artist understand that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> there's there's there there are two ways to go about music, and one is what are people listening to? I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. I'm going to do what everyone's listening to because that's really cool and that's that's going to go well. Which never does because you're chasing everybody else and what they've already done before you. Or you can just be the weirdo 
Like, well, I think that, you know, Livy Newton-John is really hot. How can I make that into my music somehow? Well, <laughs> well, that if I could get Michael Bublé. Yeah, yeah those, those are the weird things that go in your head. Yeah, do you find That like, never come out and it, no one would understand. But yeah, there's, there's that turn of phrase that he used. I'm using that too. Yeah, are you the type of person that can find like something positive in almost anything you listen to? I mean, within reason. I try to. I try to. I try to sit back and... um. I try to respect the musicality of of things, even if it's minuscule, even if I know that the guy never didn't write that song, but he did something on it. Okay, well, I can see where where the artistry comes from. I understand what you're trying to do. Totally, totally. I think that I'm the same way. I like listening to a lot of modern pop just because I think I'm just curious to know what the population is into. Sure. Just out of a sick curiosity. A lot of it... I don't like, but sometimes I find things that I surprisingly do like. It's frightening how well-crafted modern popular music is. And it always has been. I mean, it's not like that's anything new. You can go back to the 50s. It was well-produced. And, okay, we got this sound that's great, so we're just going to churn it out in, in huge numbers so that the white people like it. That's happened over and over and over. It's through the 50s with rock and roll, through the 70s with, with white bread music through the 80s with with the amazing pop that was through there through the 90s even when with grunge it was like okay well everyone's doing this rock thing let's do that too Mm -hmm. uh i like to sit back and i like to dissect it in my brain you know i'll i'll go walk for an hour and i'll let whatever pops onto my playlist pop on and i'll sit there and dissect how did they record it okay what did they use what did i think they used that i think they did that now why is that something that's sticking in my brain and we're talking you know a britney spears song but if you dissect it enough you can you can always glean something from what they're doing like oh they used that little sheen on that i wouldn't have done that but why well, like how they did that and it's always under it's, it's the behind the curtain things that, that you're listening for you know maybe her arrangement isn't something you would do but at the same time maybe there's something that you can glean from all of yeah that. sure like production techniques oh god yeah and i'm i'm a big studio guy so i'm always listening to how did they get away with that? Boy, is that like 15 layers of a vocal? Boy, that had to be a pain in the ass to record. Uh-huh. You know, all those things that go through your brain as a producer and as 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 an as a engineer. How did they end up with that sound? I know where they started. I have that synth. I know what they did. How did they get it to do that? <laughs> yeah, you know, that 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 to me is 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 what makes music a lot of fun. So for you in producing music personally, where was the starting point. What were you listening to? What were you trying to do? What gear did you have? Uh, okay, we'll go back to the very, 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 very beginning. I'm older than I want to admit. So it's um, <laughs> late 80s-ish, mid to late 80s. Um, friends with, 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 a, with a dear, dear friend of mine who I went to high school with, Michael Ralph. He'll be so happy to know that he's included. Um, and he, we looked at each other and we're like, we should start a band. It should be an industrial band. What are we going to do about it? We're going to, of course, we're going to make this band. I went and I bought a Roland R5, which was a drum machine. And the only reason I bought the R5 instead of the R8, which was the two go-to um, uh, machines at the time, was the R5 had a, had a bass sound in it. And I was like, well, I can... This is like two for one. I can record all my bass sounds and all the drums, and that's industrial, and then I'm good. <laughs> that's, we need nothing else there. So that was really the impetus of it. And it was when we were going down to pick up his um, his now wife, 
from from her work, and he used to get her these things called um, fat frogs. It was a, it was this green ice cream on a stick. It was like a popsicle that was ice cream, and it was green. She loved them. I don't know why, but she did. So we said, well, we're just gonna call our band Fat Frog. <laughs> fat Frog. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna call it. So uh, that's that's literally where it started. We were just really into into that whole minimalist. You know, ministry front two four two. The bef- even before Nine Inch Nails and did, they were doing what they were doing. Um, all those guys that were just there was an aggression to it. There was a simplicity to it. It was not jazz. It was not even rock and roll. It was just really aggressive, but simple. Yeah, and, and that was fun to latch on to. Strange hearing like a very primitive sound come from modern technology. Oh my god! In a weird yeah. Way. yeah, guttural. It uh-huh. was it was so guttural, and you're like, wow, we could do that. I'm I hate everything. Let's do some of that. <laughs> so that's really how it started. And then I ended up buying, you know, I think my first keyboard was a Casio CZ101, um, which was absolutely horrible to program. But I thought I was king of the world. I have the keyboard and a drum machine. I am front two four two. Everyone, just get behind me. I'm going to revolutionize everything. Sure. So were you like playing shows and shit back then with the band? Did you guys uh, end up first breaking com- out at all? We played a few shows. Like, what little- was that like? Were you playing shows with other bands, like in in the in electronic industrial realm? No, were you there with was rock bands. Like there just was being the weirdos? no other bands yeah. except for maybe Peter's Mace, and that came around probably a couple years later. Um. We were very unique. Was this Pittsburgh? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Just making sure. And we're, I'm, you know, I'm playing. I remember playing Jack's back room, then the South Side. <laughs> okay. And it was, uh, my Michael had not had left the band. His brother John was in the band, and it was just the two of us on stage at the time. I had an Akai S950 that was loaded up with with the samples for each song, and each song was um, one disc. I could put. About a second and a half sample mapped across the board to 10 different sounds. So he would hold down one key, and that would be the drum loop. And then the sound that goes on top of it, you'd hit the next key. So you only had four keys you could hold at once. You only had four crazy. fucking fingers. Yeah. So we're doing this live. And if you hit, if you missed the loop as it was coming, because you had, because we're doing this live, it was before an MPC, before anything yeah. that would actually, you know, you could hit the pad and it would sync to time. You were syncing the time, so if you missed it and the loop was off, do 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 back to the loop, and now we're back on the one again. Uh-huh. That was how we did shows, and it was weird and exciting. That's so crazy! I remember hearing stories about like early Nine Inch Nails, how like they had to have like somebody off stage like swapping out like oh, yeah. discs and stuff like that. Well, you had to because yeah. that was the technology hadn't you know. Now I run amazing amounts of tracks on top of a full band on, that's going. Things that I just don't want to take out. I won't take out any of the old Moogs. I won't take out any of the real classic stuff that I have, but I want those sounds. So I, so that, so oh, totally, yeah. it's the trade-off. Um, how can I be entertaining on stage and be sonically as precise as I want to be? I, I, I dropped it down to, okay, we'll, we'll do the tracks. We'll have everything. Sometimes at the end of the show, like for an encore, we'll come back and do just the band will be playing. There won't be any tracks going. But 
I like to know what's going to happen, and I'd like to my band to know exactly when this cue comes. That's when you go, and mm-hmm. that's you know that's the change. It's not going to change. Learn your songs so you know where you're at, and make sure that everything yeah, goes like where the it belongs. Sets on rails. Yes, you can't. I hit play, and it starts, and it stops when it's done. We don't. There is no like, oh hey, I screwed up. We well, better fucking find yourself back to where you yeah. were because you better find it. Because I'm in, I'm counting the one, two, three, four, and then we go. There's no stopping it. There's no mm-hmm. changing it. It is what it is. Yeah, that's the way that with the Sykes live band, because I have everything. I don't bring any gear out besides the Machina. Sure. And uh, everything's run through backtracks with a click track going to the drummer that's synced to our visual stuff sure. that's going on on the projector. It's just all like... It's, everything's so linked yeah. together. You yeah. can't... like. It's funny when we'll go to see a, a, a big show, U2 or whatever, or whatever show you happen to have be out that night, and you're watching how everything is so wonderfully synced, and you're like obviously there's a track running behind all this because you can't sync those visuals to the precise amounts of edits that are going on. And I don't even care. I'm like, entertain me. It's worth it. I don't care that, I mean, I know you're playing, but you're also playing to a click. And I know that there's, you know, all those vocals that are coming through (laughs) are some live and some not. And that's okay. Entertain me. I'm here to be entertained. If I want to go hear you play really, really well, I'll go to a jazz club. And watch guys that are really playing, playing. I want to be entertained at a rock show. I want David Bowie to come out of the fucking stars and, and entertain me. I don't care if he's got a backtrack so the drummer keeps on time. It's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's okay for Madonna. It's okay for you too. And it's okay for me. <laughs> I want Quote to enter- of I, the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. I want, I want the show to be as big and otherworldly as possible. I want to entertain the people that actually showed up to see what I we do. I think that that's a, a really – big problem with modern music now is that idea of entertaining at a live show seems to have kind of been thrown out the window by a lot of bands, especially on like an underground level. Wow, it's always cooler to be so dark and I'm, you know, we, we don't but do you can that. still be dark and entertaining. Yeah, but your purists don't want you to be. They, yeah, I was, I look back at, um, what's, what's my quote from Jane's Addiction? Be exactly what you want to be. Don't change what you are. Don't do anything that you don't that you can't stand behind. But at the same time, don't be afraid of making a whole lot of fucking money at the same time. So they knew. Well, Farrell knew enough that you put on a show. Oh yeah, you have you to. You put on a show because that's what make that's what does what we do. That's what keeps you moving forward. You're here to entertain. Don't be boring up there. So when I saw the first time I saw Jane's Addiction, I'm looking up and I'm like, there's a guy, there's a Frankenstein on stilts, two half naked ladies on a swing and Farrell just being insane. I was like, that's a show. Well, I think the other thing too is the only way the show is going to work is if it's genuine. Yes. Like if you genuinely want to deliver that type of a performance, it's going to turn out great. But if you try to just put something together that's like contrived calculated just, sucks yeah, then it's not gonna work people aren't gonna click on it and that goes back to the to the to the modern rock band i'm too cool to be calculated i'm too cool for that and <sighs> but in like some ways they're almost more calculated in the fact yeah, they're worried doing, about looking a certain you're way you're doing it on the complete opposite end of the spectrum you're just as calculated but you're doing it because you want to be the counter calculated nah, it's all calculated we want to sound good do you want to be booed do you would you want to get up there and have people like you know, looking at their watches like oh i don't know why i came to this i hope that i hope the op- this opener gets done quick enough so we can get the hell out of here you know that you want to entertain i didn't start writing songs i wanted people to hate what i did 
I wanted them entertained. I wanted wanted to make people, you know, kind of jump up and down. So I like how did, kill. So were you doing the theatrics when you first started playing out oh, or did yeah. it kind of evolve over time? I knew that when you were a band, you know, like I grew up watching Kraftwerk and Depeche Mode and and, and all these very electronic bands because I thought they were just I love the sound of it. But I knew that the visual element was really lacking in all of them. You ever seen Kraftwerk live? It's four Germans. Yeah, they just standing. But it's like it's so. This like, is it. You're watching my head do their whole show. Yeah, and it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. It was one of the best nights of my life to watch that. We went to went to Detroit to see Kraftwerk live, the 3D tour, and I'd never thought I'd ever see them because they tour when they're in the mood. Yeah, they're Germans. They do what they want. Um, <laughs> And I'm just standing there watching it, and I was like, okay, there's a reason this is in 3D. There's a reason there's an amazingly huge screen behind it, because these guys are boring. They're amazing. <laughs> and in 1973, that was that was like, what are they doing? But here we are now, and I'm watching these old German guys still be amazing, but I knew that, that was there was a reason, because they thought about the visual angle. It was not just the, okay, we really need to make cool tunes. Of course we all do. We're musicians. That's what we do. Yeah. We don't want to make crappy tunes. We want to put cool tunes together. Now everyone can write a song. Well, that's not true, but... Everyone can produce a song every, everyone, easily. Everyone can have a song put in, put in front of them for them. You can record a goddamn song on your cell phone now. <sighs> Some of them on the new <laughs> records started out on in the doctor's office. Playing. Yeah, but um, I knew that being that kind of band, that visual meant everything. You can't just be standing there in front of your keyboard like this and expect to really move forward with anything. Um, so we we had a you know I, I put a visual aspect to it. Um, my my dear friend Kevin Wenner, who probably hates me now, um, was a painter, and I put him behind us, and he would start painting as we played. Cool. And one thing led to another, and that was he became part of the band. So it was like I knew from the very beginning that we were a boring electronic thing to look at. How can I make that better? Dancers are wonderful. Pretty girls, compared to my ugly face, works. You put one on each side, and you let them be beautiful. Hopefully, they like what you're doing, and they're and and they get into what you're there, but. Boom, there you go. That that helps. A painter behind you doing all these amazing visuals and you know, like it, you'd start with a blank canvas and you'd turn around and there'd be this uh, he was he was very uh, what's the word I want to look for? Muscular and erotic. Okay. A lot of big dicks. Big <laughs> muscular penises. Um, and they were great. It was amazing because he was just an amazing artist and still is. Um, but it was like I knew that that had to I – need, I needed to break through somehow. So it's funny when people who haven't seen what we've done recently were like, oh, I remember seeing you you know, 10 years ago. Do you still have the painter? It's like, well, he's still alive. <laughs> We've kind of moved forward. You know, I have so many more. The band went from just two guys and a keyboard and, and him painting behind us to, you know, there's a full band now. So the, the things have changed. So what was that transition like with allowing other people to come in to, uh, you know, your vision and the band? Like what was what what was the fundamental decision behind that? Just wanted wanting it, it to be bigger? I wanted it to – I was so – Enamored with, again, I'll go back to Kraftwerk because they're they're the ultimate example of precision um, electronics. It sounds amazing. It looks crisp and clear. I wanted a dangerous. This might happen next time you see us. It might not. So how do I do that? Well, live musicians never play the same way twice. So let's get two guitars up there or one guitar and 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 eventually turned into a drummer. 
which took me a long time to, to, to reconcile electronic band with a drummer. Um, but I wanted something that was more visceral. I wanted something that grabbed you. I wanted you to connect with, they're actually playing up there. Yeah. And that was really important to me. So as, as the band evolved, it became a, a very, very visceral thing that Venus and Furs had to have a very live thing. Um, I, I laughed about Robbie, who um, plays keys in the band. And he's always like, well, you know, oh, we can't do that show because the drummer can't do it. I was like, well, you know, we just can't, then we can't do the show. He's like, well, you know, we used to do shows without a drummer. I was like, yeah, but, <laughs> and we could because, yeah. I mean, I, I technology-wise, I can put together far better drum track than any drummer you're going to give me, except maybe Joey. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's not the same. You'd lose the visceral. You lose that. The feeling of. There is, yeah. you, when you hear a snap of a snare drum in a, in a closed space. Oh, yeah. It's orally affecting. When you hear that gu guitar chord ring out of a big old guitar amp in a small room full, full of people who are there. Oh, it's different, yeah. It's visceral. You cannot emulate that. No, and I didn't want to, and that's why I'm always like, Unless no. you're playing in like a gigantic stadium where nothing matters anyways. Yeah, but, it, we're, it, but we're not at that yet. We're, we're in clubs. Exactly. And you could still, you know, if like you slam a snare drum, you're still going to get that, like you kind of yeah, feel you, it. Your head goes back, like, yeah. ooh. John, who was also part of the very, very, very original Venus and Furs, who when he was playing the keys, and we literally would have tape on the key in case he had to hold one down and he needed a fifth finger. Oh yeah, you'd you'd pull he'd hit it and then f put the tape on it so that the drum loop would just continue to roll Perfect. while he was I playing while he was playing the rest. I of love them. it. Yeah. So there was one song. It was called Mercenary. I haven't done the song in years. It was on the first record. Um, and when it got to the break, because I, I I like to write things in a very you know verse, chorus, verse, bridge. Outro, yeah, coda, coda, very, yeah, you know, very, very straightforward. It, it makes me, it makes people very happy. They, they like that. That you know, when I get experimental with the things I write, they never are the songs that people want to hear live. That's great for me. It's probably great for the musicians that listen to it. Like, oh, look what he did there. Oh, they don't, no one wants to hear that live. Within the first twenty-five seconds, you better have a hook, and within the first minute, you better be having them sing your chorus too. Because that's what you want with people who don't know who you are. You know, I'm, I don't have the benefit of a hunt, of a number one record. I've got the benefit of the first 40 seconds to grab you, get you into what we do. Oh, wow, that chick's hot. Oh, the song's kind of catchy too. So by by the third song, if I don't have you, I'm not going to get you. But uh, Especially I, nowadays, everybody's attention spans slim. way short. But it's always been. You've always been fighting. I, well, I think you, it's easier to get it's easier for them to find something else to do with their time now because everybody could just pull out their phone and cut, I, you know i kind of figure but it's no different than if you were in the 50s or the 60s and you're always fighting the guy at the bar who's trying to get laid you're always you, know, you you're the reason that there's a crowd in the room but you're also the reason that that guy thinks well i know a bunch of girls go to that show so i'm going to go to that show too cuz i you know and you're competing with you know, in a in a room, I really want. She's really cute. I'm going to buy her a drink. They're not thinking about the song. You're there. They're there because there's an event going on. They're there because there's that's where everyone's going tonight. Oh, I heard that band's really good, so everyone's there. So you have to fight through all of those layers of why are they watching me? Well, I got to give them a reason. Back to John. John. John would hit the tape, and there'd be the drum loop rolling. We'd get to the bridge, and he'd pick up this. He was he was a. A, uh, a janitor at a church and he was in charge of all the plumbing stuff so he would pick up one huge pipe that was probably about that 
bunch around, and it would be on a sawhorse. And he'd pick up another pipe that was slightly less huge steel, and on the snare hit, on the two and four, bam, 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 and the crowd would go from, oh, wow, what's going on up there, to holy fuck is he, what is that guy doing? There's only two of us on stage, and he is wailing on it, and invariably, the sawhorse is broken in five. He's now holding on to one one thing with another. He's bleeding because this is a very, very violent act on stage. We broke the stage at the 30, or not the, what, um, it's the, the Italian restaurant now. The banana. The banana. <laughs> he blows through the sawhorse within the first four bars. He's holding onto it, one end of the pipe, the other pipes, the other end's laying on the ground. He's got the, the other pipe in his hand, he's smashing into it. We put a hole in the stage, Johnny Banana's out there dancing until he sees that. Oh, I thought we were gonna get shot. I don't know what I had to pay him to, to, to do. Like, here's all the money we made tonight. Thank yeah. you for letting us hear. But it was, it was, it drew the crowd in, though. I knew that visual aspect and that that visceral that you hear two pieces of metal hitting each other live in front of you. Your head turns quickly, <laughs> whether you want to or not. You're, and, and I'm, you know, inches away from. I'm surprised. I was hit more than once, but I'm surprised you didn't just like start beating on me while we were up there. You get, you, you get lost in it when you're yeah. up there, and if you got a crowd that actually is following along with you, yeah, break more shit. And he would, you know, if he had a chair, he, the chair would explode. Things would just be exploding all over, and it was just in this one song. We're talking three and a half minutes. We'd have forty minutes go with leading up to it. We'd do that song, and everyone was like, "That's the one. Let's go break shit." <laughs> it was great, but that it, it all went back to connecting with the crowd. Yeah, and so that I knew that the more we did that was live, the more musicians that were involved. They didn't have to be great musicians, but they had to be impact. And impact is what works when you're on stage. Impact is what people walk out of there remembering. When you're playing in front of someone who's far better than you and you're trying to get their attention, for the, you're playing in front of someone else's crowd, you're playing in front of, you're opening for a national and they're like, oh, who's this opener? You want that, you want them to at least, at the very least walk out of there going like, oh, that opener was cool. If I can get that much out of them, I've done something. And I think we do, I think we pull that off now. Yeah. I think we always have to a degree because I've, you know, people have noticed who we were, at least in, in the small circles of what we do. But it's nice to to at least achieve the, oh wow, that was really cool. Oh wow, you guys were you guys were kind of mad up there. Like, well, yeah, that's that's the act. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean you mentioned the the banana, which is sure. a place that I never got to play because oh, I'm a little you missed, younger. You missed out. Um I feel like I missed out on a lot of <sighs> things. The decade. Did you ever get to play the decade? No. I played the decade. No, I mean, I didn't several start, times. I didn't start playing shows in a band until I think maybe 2005. So you were at the tail end of all of those yeah, things. Like, or they had already gone. I never got to play at Laga. I played you know? Laga. I played Laga. Wow. That, and, that's, and that to me was new. Because you'd look at Laga like, oh, well, it's not like you're playing the decade. It's not like you're playing the banana. Oh, you're not playing graffiti. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and, and I'm old enough I always, that I've played them all. I try to – I've to, like, talked to people a lot about how awesome Oakland used to be before. And, and still is if you're 20. Yeah. You don't know how great it was in 1987. You know how great it is now when you're 20 years old. Well, I mean, at least in terms of like arts. It's still there. I mean, where? You're getting though? old. You're getting old. Yeah, maybe. You're not 20. You don't know where all those kids are going. You don't. But they're going somewhere because, well, in, I, because in 20 years, they're going to be saying the same thing about Oakland that we're saying right now. But oh, I mean, where's the art? I mean, like, 
I, there, I know people in their 20s that play in bands. Sure. It's not happening in Oakland besides some house venues. But those, it, it's, it's the cyclical I mean, maybe it's, I'm it's romanticizing it a bit. Like, I had a, an uncle that used to take me down to Oakland all the time when I was, like, a kid. Like, I saw a lost highway at the Beehive when I was, like, 10 wow. because he took me. Like, Which makes fucking, me really old because when psychopath. I played the Beehive. <laughs> you know, like, but, like, I, all the, like, culture that I got to experience, at least the live music culture in, like, Pittsburgh back then was all thanks to my uncle. Well, it's um, cool. Took, so I got to see it, but yeah, now it's like it just feels different. Like I, I think I just perpetually feel like I missed out on something, and maybe that's wrong. And you were always going to because you did. You weren't there. It looks great. I can sit in there and tell you stories about the decade. And I was an outsider on a lot of those things because I was very electronic. I was not the 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 typical Donny Iris who is awesome, <laughs> or the typical Joe Grishecki, who's also awesome in a different way. Um, you know, these are, these are the guys that were playing those rooms and I'm walking in with a drum machine and a moron with pipes, you know, <laughs> and, and dancing girls. And these guys are looking at me like, what are you fucking even doing up there? And I'm like, I'm making new music. Same thing you did 20 years ago. Same thing when people looked at you because you weren't jazzy enough or you weren't good enough players, but your Aliyah was a hit and they looked at you like, what do you know? That's what I'm doing to you right now, which is what people are doing to us and will be doing to, <laughs> to, to the people that are there. Okay, so it's not Oakland. Go to Lawrenceville. Yeah. You got your spirit. Those, um, are, those You know, you've got all those, all those my, places. My next, my next, well, there was kind of two things I wanted to get into in terms of, I like, again, maybe I'm romanticizing something, but I feel like when I was in my early teens, I remember there being kind of like a bigger goth sort of industrial thing happening in Pittsburgh that's definitely it was like it was in booming. Vogue. It was in vogue, it, it, yes. Yeah. So like how was playing in that time period? Great. Everyone was wearing black. All the girls had all the girls I I had a severe weakness for chubby new wave girls. Oh my God. <laughs> in their Robert Smith t-shirts with their ridiculously big hair and eyeliner for days. That's what those shows were like. They were really cool. Everyone was in love with themselves and looking at their hands as they danced. Um, those were cool days. Yeah. They were cool days, but they're still there. I mean, we'll end up doing a show that that is geared far more towards that crowd. Those kids are out there, and there's still the older crowd that 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 used to come out. And they're like, I haven't been out in forever, but we left. We got a sitter tonight, so we're out. <laughs> I put on my leather jacket. Yay! It, those are those so are those are funny. But- that was gonna be yeah. The next question is like, since you've kind of been through these various stages of yeah. the scene, like, does it seem like it's all that much different now versus not a, then? Not at all. Crowds are exactly the same. Don't be fooled. It is exactly the same. You still have to fight for their attention. You still have to deliver. You still have to be good. Um, I've, I'll sit there and watch the five other bands that I'm playing with that night or whatever. You know you know how those nights are. Yeah. Where you're, th- you're second of seven and you're kind of on a bill that's not really built for what you do. Uh-huh. But there you are anyhow. You know, you're doing the metal. You're doing your metal band that night, but you're playing with a bunch of R&B guys. Well, you know what? We're going to have to turn these R&B guys into metal fans for about 40 minutes. We can do this. Go! Um, it's the same. It's exactly the same. I remember playing um, shows that were just not crowds of my own. And I still like to do this now. I'll play with a punk band or I'll play with play with somebody that that is completely out of our genre. But I was like, I want these people to hate us 
because they are gonna hate us. Why don't you? Why does that sound like that? Why do they have all those keyboards? Why are they doing whatever? I want them to hate us, but I want them to hate us because they saw what we did. That's enough for me. If they walk out of there going like, "Oh well, yeah, they were they were, they were weird. It's not really my thing, but oh, cool, they were cool." You can walk out of there hating us, but you saw it. You paid attention. You at least knew what there was something going on in front of you. That's what I think a lot of guys takes forever to learn. You can be the best guitar player in the world, but if you're not doing anything that, that makes people notice, no one notices. So, you know, it's, the crowds are the same. The people are exactly the same. People are fickle. They all think whatever's on the radio is the only thing that's going on. Um, nobody has any taste except you and your friends. <laughs> oh, oh, that is true. It's the, it was the same 20 years ago. It's going to be the same in 20 years. And I, I at least now have the perspective to know that it, it, all, all music, people who follow music, are very critical and are only into what they are into. And if you don't like it, I don't care because it's my music. Music's so, such a personal thing. So you're, you're fighting the same crowd that you were fighting in the 50s. Oh, that sounds, that, what's that? No one was like, oh, that 16-bar blues pattern, that's something crazy. What are we doing there? <laughs> but that was the same thing they were fighting then. And the same thing in the 60s. Like, we're just happy that the Velvet Underground is making viola noises wow that's really interesting yeah but how did why would they do that because you had nico being pretty and you had movies being shown on you we were just trying to get attention it's no different it's exactly the same as it will be in 20 years when we're complaining about when they're complaining about oh, i wish i'd have been there when lawrenceville when spirit was really in the shit <laughs> people would you know people, yeah. what was it like to play in front of people it's like well it was cool is it cool to play in front of people now yeah well it was cool then too but it's you, you, you just it's so strange because i feel so old and i feel like an old man but i've seen enough that I, yeah it's the same exact thing music's still music you're still writing songs you're still writing things and you're still trying to get people you're convincing people that what you're doing is cool it's been the same for ever beethoven was like i hope these fucking people like it i can't hear it but i hope they like it <laughs> but you know but you were always chasing like what the you know he had to do whatever the king told him to because that's who was paying his bills yeah he did what he wanted because he was that guy but think of all the other thousand composers that were like all right i gotta keep my my job here as court composer so i'm gonna do whatever whatever he's doing i'm gonna follow it it's just trying to get people to, to dig what you're doing all it's ever been it's all it will ever be and the crowd is always going to be jaded and crappy and like ugh, i hate local music and you look at him like well you know that that u2 band's from dublin do you think they say that about them when they're they're in their hometown <laughs> oh fucking u2 they're, they're just that local band isn't it those morons it's old trillion records everybody's local somewhere how can you be so jaded that like, oh, because they're from, these guys are from local that they're not good. Like I can't write a song because I'm from Pittsburgh. So I don't take it anywhere. I take yeah. it where, where why, it needs to go. Why do you like your sports team so much? Yeah. They're You're, local. You get behind them. Like it's like life or death. <laughs> yeah. People follow sports teams and it's great. I like, you know, I'd like, the Steelers as much as anybody, but you would you would lay on the line because you know oh he couldn't have been this or they or this these people are elevated to, on these wonderful levels, and that's great. But boy, you don't get behind your local musicians the same way. He did not run that red light because his song was good. <laughs> you, you know, you just don't you don't get any respect until you get respect. There, it's it's like pushing a damn boulder up a hill. And once it falls back, you get the, you get to the peak, and it starts to roll back down. Then everyone loves you. Everyone can't get enough of you. 
people don't love me, but people have, I've been around long enough that people kind of know who I am, know that there is a band called Venus and Furs, if they've seen it or not. They know that it exists on some level. Oh, they played a bunch of shows. They've done this, they've done that. That's not, that's kind of nice, but I'm still very underground local. Uh, It's just so strange that, that people, um, I don't even know where where my thought was going with it, but it's just, it, it, you're always just trying to make them think that you're bigger and better than you are. But why can't I be good because I'm from Pittsburgh? There's plenty of people who are good who are from Pittsburgh. Rusted Root are fantastic. Not my thing, but they're fantastic. What a great bunch of guys. And if you they made it huge. But they're, you know, they're just local. I'm not going to go see them. You know, they still get that. They've, they've toured the world. Oh, it's Rusted Root. I think the, the Clarks. Oh, yeah. I hate the Clarks. How can you hate the fucking Clarks? They've had a career that spanned, what, 40 years? And they're, again, not my favorite band in the world, but they're good. They're a solid band. They've had, they've, I've watched them get up in front of people and entertain them way better than the guys who are really cool. They're good at what they do. Let them be good. I think, get behind them. I think the problem, though, is that there is inevitably always going to be bands that haven't quite figured it out yet. Well. That are playing that – to somebody that doesn't typically go out to local music shows or someone that's interested in seeing what the scene's about, like the sure. person that gets dragged out to a show. Yeah. And then they watch the band that doesn't have their shit together. And it they leaves hate a everybody. bad taste in their mouth. It really does. Even if like you if you that's yeah. the I always like hate following a band that isn't good. Yeah. Because it it drags it, the whole crowd it, down. Yeah, it ruins the mood. And then like you're kinda Oh, like now we're responsible for turning this fucking ship around? Yeah, like I got to be the guy that takes us to the next level. Great, great. Okay, challenge accepted. That's fine. But yeah, you you find yourself like, couldn't you just been okay? I don't need you to be great because I'm going to come on and be great. You just need to be okay. Don't let anyone leave, please. How many shows have you been at and you're just sitting there watching people walk out the door and you're like... They're just going to push everyone out of here, and I'm going to play to an empty room because yeah. you guys suck. I know we're good. I know you're good, but I got to get through this this opening band that isn't good. And you, it, it's not a show you booked, so you're like, all right, well, I'll just sit here and wait until they're done uh-huh. and hope to God somebody comes back. I hope they're all just going to get a smoke out front and they come back in. So, so shows themselves haven't changed no. is what you're telling me, but – on the other end of music, let's go into business and promoting and marketing. How has that changed? It's made it um, more accessible, and you're also in a bigger pool. Um, the wonderful world of the internet and social media and everything else means you can get a message out. Easily. Podcast. Yeah. Somebody's going to hear this at some point, and they're going to be like, why is that guy even on there? I don't even know who he is. <laughs> um, which is fine, but – you 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 the whole world is your oyster if you can again get over the precipice and, and and roll over the hill it can turn huge very quickly for no good reason look at all these internet superstar people you're like what's that was that Carly Rae Jepsen was sure, that, yeah. that she was what some internet girl who just happened to have a really catchy song and all of a sudden she was huge now she got her 15 minutes but that can happen now it, it's an actual thing. There are people who become stars. Justin Bieber would be nothing if it wasn't for YouTube and getting caught by Usher and all that stuff. Again, not not someone that I would listen to, but I respect that they used what was in front of them. And that going back to the how do you, how do you promote your band? Uh, at the same time, 
it's so huge that everyone's doing the same thing you and I are both doing. And it's very, very easy to make yourself look like your big shit mm. without being anything. Better ve- better lenses. Make sure you edit that shot where you can see my gut. Get that out of there. <laughs> Only profile shots. Catch me from the right side, not the left. Yeah, you can custom tune and tailor, but that, again, is nothing new. You think the new kids on the block were huge because they didn't have the right photos taken of them? Sure, but that not anybody... I would say when not everybody had the access that new kids on the oh, block no, had. No, 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 no. Yo, completely, completely. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, still, who are the big acts? They're the ones that, that are connected and can get that push. Mm-hmm. Who pushes you over? Well, you got someone who says, okay, they're the next one. Let's get them. You know, the Katy Perry's of the world, the 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 Selena Gomez's, the, all, the, all those people who are selling trillions of records, which is great. Doesn't mean their music's any better, but they have mastered the art of, okay, we've got a sales team behind us. We've got a marketing team behind us. We've got, and oh, that's, yeah. and that's, and that's what's, you can be your, the, you, the, the full package. Yeah. And you can be that on our level now. Yeah. I mean, I have people who put together our social planning. I have, you know, we literally put together a, a plan of, of social media. How are you going to see us? I, you know, we, we made a movie, a very short movie, and it's awesome. We killed a child. It was awesome. <laughs> um, how do you not? <laughs> how do you not do that? Um, he wasn't really killed. It looked like he was dead, though. Um <laughs> And he was young. What, nine? <laughs> yeah, nine, about nine. Dead now. Um, but uh, you can do this on such a small level. You know, for, for, the, for the several thousand dollars that I spent putting together a movie, now I have people who have seen my movie. You know, that's really cool. It's, it, it, basically what we did was um, there are five scenes. Each one is set to one of the songs on the new record. Um, it's a little vampire movie. You, uh, you catch the vampire in the club finding a new victim. They kind of hook up. It's two girl vampires, which are actually my dancers. Alita DeVargas and uh, Gigi Kudre are basically the stars. And the band's just all in the background, yeah. which is hilarious. I don't know if you, if you saw any of them. No, but, I didn't. But, but the- you'll have to, you'll, I'll, 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 I'll get them to you so you can see it. But the best, the best, my favorite part of the whole thing is Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Ferbata. Yeah, I used your whole name, Robbie. Um, <laughs> him standing in the background of one shot, not knowing what to do, because there's no music playing, really, and it's supposed to be like this club shot, and him dancing with, with, with Peter, um, my, my, my guitar player, and the two of them like dancing behind the girls. Hey! <laughs> is camera on? Yeah! It's like, oh, they're so terribly pathetic. Make sure that gets in. Make sure that's edited in. I need to see that. Every time that comes on, I want to see them doing that. But yeah, on our, on our level, we can act like we've, you know, I basically produced a, a short film. Um, we can do this because it's accessible. You couldn't have done that 10 years ago. You couldn't have done that 20 years ago. You'd really need a film crew to chase you around. I mean, you look at um, what's Bowie's uh, Spiders from Mars, or the, the, last, the last show, the, the, the big, um, uh, was the Spiders from Mars tour, where he's like, okay, I'm going to quit. And then it was the end, of the, the end of it. You need a whole film crew to come in and shoot that. You, know, you, just, you can do that now with five guys with, with a couple GoPros. Mm-hmm. You can literally put together a very, very convincingly professional piece on a very small budget where you couldn't have done that five years ago. You couldn't have done that 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You needed literally the backing of Warner Brothers to try to pull something like that off. So now, yeah, we have the access 
And if you have enough talent and enough perseverance, you can make something happen yeah. way better than, I feel than like you could have. Because of how accessible all that stuff is now, you almost have to do it in order just to not necessarily compete, but to just <laughs> but you do. But to compete, you just do. to shine above the rest because everybody has those resources. You know what I mean? If a 14-year-old on YouTube is putting out well-produced music videos yeah. and your band the isn't. The music may suck, but you're like, it doesn't Jesus, matter. It's, how did he get that? Yeah, Where does he... Where do they? I've been in studios twenty five years. I can't pull that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's so accessible, and you know, it, it, it people flock to that pretty to the pretty sheen. That's why I had somebody else do the movie. I didn't do it. I I I knew enough to like get someone who was really good. Brian Coddington, fantastic. Um, does he's an award winning award winning filmmaker. Local does a lot of strange things. Um, there's a, there's a show each year called Atrocity. Um, burlesque slash variety slash dark slash weird it's fabulous they sell out the wrecks every year um cabaret voltaire is uh that is that's their their troop it's just an amazing show an amazing production these people go through for like one night and he normally puts together a movie for them to to, to open the whole show and i was like well that's dark and disturbing that's who i want to put together my little vampire movie so yeah. he so we got him to do it but he's local and he's here and we could do this all here. Here. Yeah. I didn't have to go to Hollywood, and no one ever does anymore. You can do it with commercial equipment and, and make things, and the thing looks actually good. It's like, that looks like a real movie, sort of. Yeah, we, we there's a, a really good friend of mine. His name's uh, Nathan King, local filmmaker. He lives right around the damn corner. And he shot <laughs> How a convenient. Yeah, and he shot a video for the new Greywalker album. And uh, yeah, it's just like, and you're like, wow, you're really good at that. I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah. I'm, but you, same thing with, with, with goes back to, to you know, you're local, but you can't be any good. Yeah, you can. The guys are right around the corner. And you made yeah. a great, any great, a great piece of video for you guys. Yeah, it's right here, right there. Yeah, there's talent so close I to home. A lot of the time, a lot of people don't realize that because they just stay in their their shell and they don't go out of their way to go meet people. No one told them network. that there was cool shit local. No, every everything that they hear on the radio or everything that they hear nationally, well, that couldn't happen here because that's happening in New York or that's happening in L.A. or Minneapolis or wherever the the hip part of the country is at that moment. Um, they can't be here, you know, because I have to go to work here and everything is mundane here. But no, really, there are a lot of artistic people around you here and in Cleveland and in Philadelphia and in Chicago and everywhere these we all exist artists are everywhere and they're normally by and large pretty cool you know that's why they do it that's why we do what we do we if we sucked we wouldn't still be doing I wouldn't be doing it 30 years later if I sucked that bad I mean I suck but I don't suck that bad it's it's funny it just it, it's Root for us like you root for your for your sports teams. Totally. And, and, and amazing how much more fun you'll have when you're going out. You won't ever hear anyone turn to you and say, oh, there's nothing to do in Pittsburgh if you tap into what's already in front of you. And the other thing I always get on people about too is I know you'll come across, oh, people don't want to go out to a local show because they're worried that like there won't be people there or people that they know. <laughs> yeah, imagine bring how the your, band thinks. Bring your fucking friends. Yeah. Just go. Like if you want to go somewhere and not have a bad time – Invite bring, all your fucking bring friends. Bring your friends, yeah. It's Make very it a party. simple. It's very simple. It's it's not rocket science, but they're like, oh, you know, oh, local, local, this, oh, I'll go and see a band. Like, but you'd rather go hear like pre programmed music that someone is just playing. Nothing against DJs. I am a DJ. Um, 
it's a it's a fabulous thing and a, and a good DJ's fun. Going to a dance club's fun, but boy, wouldn't you really hear? Wouldn't you rather see the guy who actually wrote a song? Wouldn't you rather? be part of something that's visceral and may not be the same ever again. Whatever we're doing tonight is not going to sound like we did the night before, not going to sound like we do it tomorrow. It's live. It's not going to, you know, it is it is in front of you. Go see a band. Yeah. It's worth it. Even bad bands, you can be you can you and your friends who showed up at the show can sit and laugh at them afterwards. They really suck, but if you see them in 2 years and they're better, you're like, "Oh, remember when we saw them?" You don't get to say you remember when we saw them if you don't go see them in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. It's annoying. Go see people. Overall, though, I think I do want to say that at least in terms of shows that I've been at and shows I've been playing over the past year, we're really not having a hard time seeing people at shows. Like as we've, it's because you guys are good. I think we've been like you've, a lot of people were coming out and even shows that I go to that we're not playing. It's like I've been to a lot of like decently well attended shows. I think people are. Starting to come out. I thought I thought Oakland was dead. Ah, See? it's there. It's always there. It just bubbles under the surface. It moves from from part of the city to part of the city. But there's always. I mean, Oakland wa- is dead, but other places. But but, but yeah. <laughs> but 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 the spirit of of live music's always going to be underneath. There's always a certain amount of people who want it. Sometimes it it, it will it will it will turn back to you know. Uh, the next Nirvana is going to hit, and everyone's going to want to be in a band, and everyone's going to want every girl's going to have their cowboy hat going to the show. Yeah, I'm like waiting it for that that reset button. I feel like we're really, really close to it. That reset yeah. button in pop culture and music, and it it'll get there. It always does. And I and I I I'm I'm the guy that's right after when rock hits. Because it goes rock to like the weird industrial electronic. Because then that's when when you get that that blending thing. So I'm like, oh, we need a good rock band so I can come in and turn a rock band into a, like a dance rock band. Uh-huh. That's what I do. But yeah, it, it's 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 out there. People people want to be entertained. People want it, but they're just so convinced that it can't happen next door. That guy down the street can't make a movie. How could he be making a movie for the? And then you, then they see it and they're like, "Oh, well, who did you get to do that?" Well, that guy around the block. Really? You didn't? Yeah, like yeah. Their the talent is everywhere. Open up your eyes, go see it. See good bands, see bad bands too. That way you can compare them. You know what's good and what's bad. If you know, you know, if there's a band that's four bands and two of them are good, you're like, "Well, you got fifty percent. That's that's Hall of Fame hitting right there." <laughs> Sit and enjoy yourself. Get another drink. Try to hit on that girl. <laughs> so Venus and Furs Okay New album Yes Green March 1st March 1st yes Green Yes What can you tell me about the album Besides the, the boring details Um, It's good <laughs> uh, And I don't I don't say that lightly um, I'm not a real fan of my own stuff I'm sure you sit back and look at your own stuff And be like I could have done that better and I'm old enough that I've got albums under my belt where I'm like, oh, God, I can't even listen to that. I can listen to the first two songs off my first record and be like, okay, I see what we're trying to do. And then it just devolves into, God, your production skills were terrible. Oh, my God, did you sing that for real? Oh, it, um, this, this latest record, uh, I've, as you know, I what? wrote it all. I produced it all. It's, it's very much me and everybody around me. What was the time gap between your previous album and this one? Two years. Okay. Red was Red was what two years ago? I th- I do believe, and literally. How it, do you feel about that that release? Red, I thought was okay. Um, I can't listen to it because I can't. 
because I, I hear all the flaws. Sure. Was that every, like a learning curve though always, that like led towards this next release? I've I've always said um like to the guys in the band, this isn't the best we'll ever do. This isn't the worst we'll ever do. It's a document of what we are right this second. No more and no less. Because the next song we write and the next piece we do is going to be the best we are at that given moment. Yeah. And this is just a document of at this point we were this cool. And at this point we were either better or worse or but it's just the document of the moment. That's all that it is. It can't be any more than that. What else could it be but the, the document of that moment? So I think we put together a good record. Is it the best record of the world? No. But are there some good moments? Yeah, I think we did. I think we put together a record that's not bad. And for me to be able to actually say that is a step in the right direction. Now, in two years, when I have the next record, when Orange is ready, um, <laughs> I'm going to look back and, and cringe every time I listen to this. But there's some, there's some moments on the record where I think it's, it's rather, uh, I, I actually am pleased. You know, I'm not always pleased with what I do. That's why a lot of things get scrapped. I wrote, I wrote a whole record, produced it, had it mastered, sat and looked at it on the shelf, and never put it out. Really? Yeah, put it away. Just sat sat on it. Um, retooled a couple of the songs. They made it onto later things, like one or two of the songs that were on it. But I was just like, I hate it. I can't stand. I can't even listen to it. Can't even yeah. listen to it. And every now and then, Robbie. I hate to go back to Robbie, but he loved a couple of the songs on that on that record that we did. And he's like, What can't we do that? And it's like, You get to pick two. You pick two on that, and I'll put on. They're on the red record. And I was like, You get to pick two of those <laughs> two, two songs off that piece of shit that I hate, and I will completely redo them and put them on the new on that record. So we, I did that. And he likes that. He's always going back to the old stuff. It's like, I did that already. <laughs> Outside of Venus and Furs and dancey electronic rock stuff, do you sure. work on any other types of music that's maybe not Venus and Furs related just to fuck around? Sure, sure. Uh, I just wrote a reinterpretation of Mr. Rogers' theme. <laughs> okay. Um, as, as, as a as a con- uh, collaborative work with Fist Fight in the Parking Lot. Oh, no shit. That's awesome. And those those guys are dear, dear friends. Most of that band had been in my band at one point. Um, <laughs> so I get a phone call, you know, hey, they asked us to do this. I have no idea how to tackle this. And I'm like, all right, well, let me, I'll put it there. It's like, do you want me just to put together or something? Yeah, you, you do that and we'll play on it. Okay, sounds great, <laughs> sounds great. And I was like, well, what are you looking to do? He's like, spooky. Okay, great, I can do that. So I took it really deep and really dark. And, and when I finished it, I was like, I wanted, I wanted you to feel like you were the kid watching um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Your parents ignored you. They just put you in front of the TV. You had no real friends. That was the only outlet you had. Plus, you were kind of a metal kid. That was how, that was that was what I how I wrote it. And it's weird. She, my lovely wife, comes in, and, and I was like, "Listen, this is what I did for Mr. Rogers." She's like, "Oh my god." Oh my god! It's awesome. <laughs> it's so creepy. Oh, he's probably turning in his grave. But that's so awesome. But that's you know that's that's fun stuff for me. Anytime I get to do something that's not under my own name, it's great. Who doesn't love to do stuff that you don't have to? You, you can step out of your box. You know, I'm not going to write that, but I did write. I wrote that for them, and that was great. And he was just like, can we slow it down even more? Make it real, real grimy. Like, you damn right I can. I can do whatever you want. <laughs> Take it down as slow as you want. We'll kick people while we're recording. We can do that. My studio is pre- prepared to record kicking. We can do this. So yeah, we, I do stuff like that. Um, remixes for other people. Hey, my new record's coming out. Can we do something? Um, 
yes, of course, I can do whatever you want. I'll, I like to do as much as possible. Send me something. I will remix a Grey Walker tune. Why? Because you guys would be fun to remix. <laughs> it would make absolutely no sense. And that's what would make it interesting. I would turn you into a very ministry-esque kind of sound because I would turn it very, I, I would turn the keys into, into, into things that you wouldn't have expected. And that's fun because you get to work with other people and you get to work with other other ideas and other other approaches to music. I have a very singular approach. I do things my way. It's fun to jump into somebody else's head and be like, well, this is what we were thinking. Okay, great. Oh, that sounds great. I don't get to be me. I get to be somebody else. So yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, I'll do a remix here. I'll do a song with somebody else. I, my daughter, who's got the most beautiful voice in the world, um, I don't know how because I have a terrible voice. I, I am a horrible singer. Oh, I sing, but it's not great. Um, <laughs> but she's got this wonderful tone, and it's always very sad. She's got the most sad, wonderful, trained voice ever. Um, and we just I just finished a song with her. Um, uh, Jim Simonic does, does a, a record every year. Um, for Distortion Productions, it's called Electronic Saviors. Yeah. And I will plug this till the day I die. It's all, all the music is, is donated to Jim. Jim puts it out, and it's all the money goes to cancer research. Mm -hmm. he, picks, he picks a charity. I, are you guys on it? Did he get you guys to do it? No. He should have. He should. And I will, I, I will make sure to do it. I've done it for the last, I don't know, four years, three or four years. Yeah, you, I, have, you have to give him an original piece, something yeah, you I, I, know, I know Jim. Uh, and Jim is wonderful. Yeah, he, back when my my first uh like music project was actually like instrumental electronic noise sure so but that's of where course, we go that, that was Jim we can was do the this dude that, yeah. like he set us up on some shows he's actually i think he like booked us for like a lot of the first shows we played that's awesome and jim's very cool but ever like since that. i like got out of the the like the electronic world and i sure. got more into like doing like hip-hop and metal just kind of what's really with them. They're all the same. Oh, thing. it's all the same yeah. shit. To, but, to you and I, who are musicians, yeah, sure, they are exactly the same I'm, thing. I'm using the same equipment to make. Oh my the god, music. yeah, it's <laughs> all. But yeah, it, uh, it, it's disconnected for some people. Yes, for sure. Oh, they, they, they people like to compartmentalize. Well, that can't be that because that's that, and that can't be that because that's that. Really, it's the same four bars. It's the same, literally the same. Uh -huh. I can take any song and turn it into anything else because they're all the same. But that's okay. <laughs> But yeah, Jim, so Jim Jim does his electronic yes, savers. Yes, And he is a wonderful, wonderful person, and he is a cancer survivor, as, as well as my uh, both my parents are. So I, I, I really enjoy giving him something. Well, th this year, I did a song with my daughter, um, and it was more or less a duet. I, I let her sing the hook part, then I, then I did a, a, a verse to it. I'll send it to you because it, it, it's, it's very sweet. In fact, it's probably on my phone somewhere. Um, but it's so great to work with with her because it's such you know she's just this nineteen year old wonderful the whole world's in front of her she listens to her oh what's that horrible band that she loves a <laughs> uh, bunch of boys English they sing One Direction One Direction, One Direction is a band yeah oh she's she's Does she she, like she will act like she's over them oh okay no. <laughs> and that's great because what what you know when you're 15 you never get over the music you loved when no, you were 15 oh god no and that's and that's and that's why we always look back at every everything is everything was so much better before no it's not it was it sucked then it sucks now <laughs> or it was great then and it's great now it's it was just the time that you were shining that that is wonderful so it was so great to do something like that with her it's 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 it's, a, it's my song i wrote it and it's it definitely has 
intonations of of kind of dark and electronic, but she's got this wonderful sad voice on it, asking you to dance. It's just wonderful, but it's it's great to step out of what you're doing and do something completely out of that yeah. box, and to be able to share that with my daughter. Oh, it's it's great. Um, and you know to share it with other people. It, 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 how often do you get asked to do the Mister Rogers theme? Not often. It doesn't come up in conversation all that often. So when you get a chance, you do it. You do it every time. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's nice. So to take yourself out of out of your out of your box, your Venus and Furs box, and be everybody else's box. That's fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll do it to anyone. Totally. We'll put together a tune. You can hip hop. I'll be mean, and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So, is there any shows or anything coming up in uh, in uh, in line with the album release? Got anything coming up? What's the date? March 30th. March 30th at Cativo. (laughs) I'm not really good with details. I'm really sorry. I'm great with big ideas. (laughs) Naked ladies on stage. Mine. I did that. Booking the show. (laughs) (laughs) I will make the show really, really cool. But make sure somebody gets me there at the right time because I won't remember what it is. (laughs) Make sure, please, that I'm. Yeah, the release March 1st. The show uh, release March will be March thirtieth. The uh, the movie is coming out weekly, um, every Monday. If you find it, what, where where will they find it? YouTube on YouTube. VenusandFursRocks.com. That's the the thing. The album will be out um, digitally everywhere. I'll have some hard copies for shows. Do you really even have hard copies anymore? Oh yeah, I do. And how much do you use them? I dude, we sell so many fucking CDs. Where? It shows. Yes, that's it. That's the only place. They were they in stores? You know, did you put, do a run of ten thousand? No, no. <laughs> no, like, like if I go through three hundred, I'm going to be like, yeah. yeah I mean, we we sell a few online. Like somebody might yeah. buy a shirt and they buy a and CD it, too. It's like take the CD too because I've got a bunch of them sitting around the yeah, house. No, no, we everything's we, download now. Yeah, no, we 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 order the CDs in in bulks of two hundred. Yeah, so yeah, I think we did three. Yeah, yeah so when you run through it, you're like, okay, well, I can't believe I we went through it all. I have, I have more than enough old shrink wrap CDs from <sighs> defunct projects that yes. are never going to go anywhere. And you, you keep them. When I get famous, these are really going to be worth something. <laughs> <laughs> when someone figures out how good I really am, <laughs> that record that I can't stand is going to be worth fortune. Yes, that's the yeah, you definitely. Well, I think we can wrap this up. I think we did it. Absolutely fantastic! Thank, gonna, you for, thank you for having me over. Thank you for coming over. Oh, more than more than happy to. Thank you for even noticing that we exist. That's cool. <laughs> and <laughs> time for an outro. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation, Michael. Again, thank you for coming over. Thank you for having Venus me. Venus and Furs, look them up. Catch a show. Yay. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2018. Whoop, whoop. Give them your best whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That was great. Oh, good. Good.